There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello there. This is where the fun begins. This is the way. Hello and welcome to the Pod Awakens. My name is Jordan. With me uh, on this ride of Ahsoka so far is Chris, and we What's have up? and we have Ron back. Pumped to be here, y'all. Yeah, how are you today, Ron? I'm doing good. Good. You guys really held the fort down last week. During you know, of course, naturally that was the episode that I wasn't <laughs> able to be there with you guys for. But you guys did a great job breaking it down, and uh, we've got a lot more fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah, before we dive into Ahsoka Part Six here, just just give us your thoughts on that fifth episode and the you know world between worlds and the all that good stuff. So I think if I could sum it up the best in one word, it would probably just be to scream with joy as loud as I possibly could into my microphone for like five seconds straight. That would probably be that would probably be my word. It was like everything that we could have asked for and more the the flashbacks to the clone wars were i mean chef's kiss i saw people complaining that they might have been a little too um uh like sound stagey i didn't think that at all i thought it was great and it kind of just played into more the fact that this felt more like a vision for ahsoka rather than you know actually going back and doing all this stuff it was more just like little tiny bits of these memories you know that she was having um, seeing Hayden back was amazing. He didn't miss a beat just like he didn't in Obi-Wan. Um, it, it was tremendous, dude. I, my, my only complaint, which isn't really a complaint. It's just me personally being, you know, like a Darth Maul fan to, to the max was that we didn't get to see him when they flashed back to the battle for Mandalore. But besides from that, like no complaints, it was beautiful. I cried. You knew that was coming. So I don't even feel like I need to say that. But I cried numerous times, and uh, yeah, I just I, I couldn't talk about it enough. Awesome, yeah. Uh, so that was part five. We're going to talk part six, which is called "Far, Far Away," written by Dave Filoni, directed by Jennifer Getzinger, and it premiered September nineteenth, twenty twenty three, on Disney Plus. The official synopsis: If you're logging on to Disney Plus and say, "What is this episode about?" They give you a sentence. It's called The Search for Grand Admiral Thrawn Reaches Beyond the Limits of the Galaxy. So it doesn't really tell you anything. Uh, but Which is good. I like when synopsis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, so I've done other podcasts like um, I've done one that, you know, off the NBC show Superstore, right? And we, what we would do is at the end of every podcast we would do, you know, when it's network TV, they have like the next episode out ahead of like, they have the description, mm -hmm. they have the synopsis. We used to be able to read those and, and be able to theorize. That's the only issue I have with like the streaming era is that like, we don't know what to theorize, you know, like I can't be like, 
just give me this sentence a day in advance too, and I'll be able to start speculating. You know, on yeah. what's going to happen. But the I kind of theorizing anyway. But you know. yeah, yeah, I kind of figured we were going to get an episode like this where it's very little Ahsoka because last week we had very little Sabine, right? Mm-hmm. We had none, so it felt like a balance like that. And that's how shows handle this. Like, you know, if you watch game of Thrones, you might get an episode where you don't have Tyrion in it. And you're like, I just watched an hour without Tyrion. This is worthless. And then you have, you know, so, so in this case though, it actually flew by and I had to think if Ahsoka even showed up, I totally forgot about the opening. Yeah. That's <laughs> shows good. Up well, that, in the opening. That's it though. Yeah. That's the only part of the episode she's in. Yeah. But you know, they're traveling deep space with the pergills and um we have ahsoka the white now at this point uh still without a staff which is sad we'll get there all in due time <laughs> she's slowly building the outfit yes yeah she'll find you the staff she'll find the staff on uh paradia the planet that they land on yeah. uh, then she'll she'll have it but uh yeah, so we kind of start off with this great story between her and Hugh Yang where they're just kind of chilling. And, you know, we learn that he has all of these stories about Pergils. You know, she said, I know, I remember these animals from your stories. And, you know, about the other galaxy. And Balin's going to speak of that too. Like how, um, you know, the, the Jedi archives or stories had stuff about this planet and about how mm-hmm. the Night Sisters have come from here, supposedly. And, um, all very interesting lore that we got dropped in this episode. This is not known information, everyone. If you haven't, yeah. if you haven't watched this stuff, uh, and you know, I'm actually very surprised at how much Thrawn we got in this episode, and I'm actually very surprised that we even got Ezra in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with you, Ron. Let's start with Thrawn. Just kind of general thoughts on Lars Mikkelsen's live action debut of Thrawn. It is so cool hearing the cartoon voice and seeing a real live action Thrawn. But uh, your thoughts on his introduction here with, uh, with his uh, spaceship. Well, everything about it was awesome. Uh, Like you just said, the spaceship, that slow kind of almost where you felt like the earth shaking as it was approaching, like very kind of like independence day, sort of vibe you know what i mean it's yeah, just like yeah. it's like oh boy and then you just him walking down the center aisle between all of uh what i'm choosing to call and i think they are undead stormtroopers that have been brought back to life by the night sisters and just oh man it was, it was chill inducing it really was and just that that voice to your point like the very slow kind of like it just even if you didn't know who thrawn was hadn't seen rebels like is in your case chris uh you at the very least, I think you know this guy is bad news in a big way. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, this this guy is creepy. Um, he's creepy to the point that I think he did what he was supposed to do for the story because we're obvi- he's obviously the bad guy. No question there. I, I I also think he's incredibly calculating, and you can tell, you know. The way he sets up, hey, Sabine, go go find Ezra. And then it's like, all right, Balin, go kill him. You know, it's... Yeah, as soon as she finds him, just kill them both. <laughs> and admittedly, that tripped me. So when he first was like, you know, you can go, I thought that that would, like, 
he was just going to be like, ah, whatever, what's she going to do? And I was going to have a problem with that because of what you mentioned, Chris, how calculating and 10 steps ahead of things Thrawn usually is. That would have been a very non-Thrawn move to make. So the fact that they added that and it was like, actually, I'm just going to let you go kill them and deal with them. I really liked how they, you know, brought that around and didn't, because I think if they hadn't, people would have, who didn't know Thrawn would have automatically looked at him and been like, all right, so this guy's just your every run of the mill villain. He's blinded by his, his mission and his rage. And, you know, he makes these mistake mistakes because of it. The fact that it was, it, they played it out the way it did definitely added to that sort of uh, 10 steps ahead vibe. Well, it was very good to hear you say that, Chris, too, about how you could tell he's calculating, because that is something that Thrawn is very well known for. So the fact that that's getting across to people that have not watched Rebels and stuff, and and I would say, too, Rebels is not like the end-all, be-all for Thrawn like he is in some books. Mm. He, he He's originally in books that are not canon anymore, too. But, you know, uh, some people kind of thought him silly in Rebels at times because he would be... You know, the whole reason Filoni had to use him is he couldn't have Darth Vader be the one that keeps letting the Rebels slip from his grasp because it would make mm -hmm. Darth Vader not intimidating. Mm -hmm. So Thrawn was kind of the one that would always have these Rebels kind of slip from his grasp and Thrawn would always uh, Thrawn would always be like, we got them exactly where we want them now. You know, like I've let them go to lead us to this. You know, like that was his, always his MO. Uh, but it kind of made him, you know, not very threatening, I would say. But in live action, he's been, I think they've kind of upped that a bit. He's been kind of very threatening with that. Like at first, like you said, Sabine, he's like, oh, you helped get me? So yeah, we'll let you live. And then he's like, no, just kill her when she finds Ezra. Um, and the way that works for him too, right? Like he doesn't know if Ezra's alive. So if she finds him, then we take out both at the same time. And he doesn't care about Balin and Shin, right? Mm -hmm. He says like... Mm -hmm. If they don't come back here either, we're taking off. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. Train's leaving. Yep. That's what he says to uh, uh, to Elsbeth. He's like, I don't really care about your mercenaries. Uh, so whatever. Um. So you mentioned uh, the, the stuff about, um, you know, going to find Ezra. I did have a little gripe with the fact, and I think it was just because they were crunched for time at the end of this series. It felt a little anticlimactic that, you know, it's been 10 years and this dude can't find Ezra and Sabine and this, this sort of, uh, I don't even know. What would you call that animal? Cause I had no like turtles almost, right? No, 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 no. Not the, oh, the one she was riding. Like a wolf horse. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The wolf. I don't know. But, um, like those two were able to find him in like what was probably a few hours like it just it felt a little like anticlimactic, but it didn't really take me out of it or like ruin the episode for me at all. Um, and like I said, I understand it. It was probably just crunched for time. Um, it had to do what they had to do. Had to make some some cuts where they had to. But um, yeah, I, I just I felt like I had to bring that up. Well, I would also say for for anybody that it does upset them, right? Um, is there was still a lot that had to be done to find them. What I mean by that is. She does go on quite a quite a long ride. We know that they're taking three days before they have to leave, right? They say three rotations. That means mm -hmm. around the sun. So three days yeah. before they leave. So we don't actually know how long she was gone. But two. Fair. Two. Uh, I think Sabine's the only one that could have found him. 
And what I mean by that is the creatures were hiding, right? And the only reason they popped out, right, is because Sabine and her and her rider, right? But what made them trust Sabine was the rebel logo on her shoulder. So mm-hmm. that kind of like even if Thrawn found those guys, right? The turtle people, and he didn't find their civilization because they always move it too. So that is something I think that plays a part with it too. He says, we don't stay somewhere very long. So Mm. even if he had found them, like I don't think they're giving up any information uh, to them. So for me, it worked. Uh, I was actually surprised that we saw him in this just because I thought he would be somebody that we kind of keep kicking the can down the road, but you're right. We only have two more episodes left after this. So they really did. And look, the guy who played, I have to look up his name again here. Uh, but the guy who played Ezra, uh, and his name is, I had it here and now it is lost in the sands of all of these names in the show. Um, he, has the mannerisms completely down for Ezra. Oh, Iman Esfandi. There you go. He had the mannerisms down. He has like the voice down for live action Ezra. It was funny to see him with a beard. I was not prepared for Ezra with a beard. Jesus Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did look very Jesus-y. Um, but I'm very thankful that we, you know, that we got him this early and that we actually spent a little bit of time with him uh and having their interaction where they actually where they actually hugged and um kind of caught up a little bit and i know this probably hits more for people that have watched rebels and, and stuff but i hope that after hearing about him for so long knowing that you found him is hopefully a good feeling for, for the first time viewers. And now you get to finally see what is this Ezra guy about, right? Um, he doesn't have his lightsaber, right? Cause he gave it to Sabine. So I'm really wondering how he's going to play into this. We're still waiting for Sabine to show any sort of force usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tried again and we got a little bit of movement, but it was actually cause of the, cause of, you know, uh, the starship. I, yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like I thought she was, <laughs> I thought she was having her moment, and it's like, nah, nah. Uh, they keep teasing it, man. They keep teasing it, and I, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if it would be the right move because I feel like they've just been setting up for so long of Ahsoka being like her master. But I could also maybe see them having Ezra be the one that finishes her training, kind of like. Um, I guess the best analogy would be to like open that last door that's been closed that she hasn't been able to open in terms of actually using the force. Like he might be the key to that door, so to speak. That's interesting. That'd be cool to see Ezra be like, not like a master, right? But just like friendly advice of exactly. Here's what, you know, try this. And also the fact that this is now a weight off of her shoulder, right? She, for the longest time, has been struggling with this stuff about Ezra, where he's gone, all this stuff. They're reunited now. Maybe this does open up the door, like you say, Ron, that she can just feel she's not forcing it. No pun intended, right? But when you're forcing it, I feel like, okay, 
analogy. Did you just make a force joke? Yeah, analogy, right? We, we see this with baseball all the time. Players go up there, they're forcing it. They're 0 for th- 20, right? They're going up there, they're they're swinging at bad pitches because they're just trying to make something happen. And what happens? They get worse. They play worse. They have to get back to what they were doing before. That could be something that Sabine is going through uh, with this. Mm-hmm. So basically, she's Chris Davis. Got it. After the contract, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it would be it would be kind of cool. Like like a uh you know, she maybe she doesn't really have like one set mask. Because they've pretty much broken all of the mold of the force with this show. Yeah. With the whole anybody can use the force. It's not just a Jedi exclusive thing anymore. So who's to say you can only have one master? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe her training comes from Ezra, from Ahsoka, from a bunch of different things. Luke didn't have only one master. I mean, he went to Yoda after he'd already been trained by Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, they always, yeah, that's true. That is true. But they always, like. Well, that's because Obi-Wan died, right? I mean, that, like. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of like they needed somebody to fill that void. But you but you are right, though, Chris. Like, even though they, they ultimately recognize that Luke's master is uh, Obi-Wan, even though he calls him Master Yoda, but that's just because he's a Jedi master, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, I say all that, I guess, just to say that it would it would be kind of cool to do that. Yeah, so I guess if we're gonna stick with how you just said they kind of changed how the Force and all this stuff is, my theory last week was Ahsoka the White is gonna buy more into the Jedi teachings again, right? Like she's reborn of that. Do you see that as that, or are you seeing Ahsoka the White as maybe meaning something else, or uh, you know? Because I felt like Ahsoka the Grey was very a, I'm no Jedi, right? But now she just seems to be at ease and at peace again. Yeah, I I think very much so. And I think you could even take this back to uh, Book of Boba Fett, you know, when she saw Luke starting to slowly, like, rebuild the Jedi Temple. And I'm sure seeing that, even if it didn't make her want to, um, let me think of how to put it. Maybe it got her starting to like think about being a Jedi and the good parts and seeing the good parts of, of Anakin and Luke. And just maybe that can be another thing that sort of helps propel her back to that side. And everything that we've seen her go through so far in Ahsoka is all just, it's all just kind of leading to something. And that could very well be what it is. You know, for all we know, maybe she can go and like kind of help Luke run that, uh, that, that, temple a little bit there's a lot of possibilities yeah you want to make sure jason stays away from that temple uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) especially yeah especially once ben solo enrolls (laughs) yeah once he is enrolled um i don't think he's born at this point yet but uh one thing that i thought was uh interesting with what you said there too is that you know i've seen people say well why was she training sabine when she didn't want to train grogu and i think it's kind of the vice versa of that why did she not want to train Grogu? Well, she had a very volatile time trying to train Sabine, right? And at that point, yeah. I think she had given up on Jedi stuff at all. So that's that's why yeah. she didn't want to train Grogu at that point. But yeah, maybe but again, now who she'll... knows? Like maybe all that stuff with Grogu and all, like maybe that was what kind of started that little ship back. To yeah. Like, yeah. All right, maybe maybe enough time has passed. Maybe this won't be the same like it was in the way that it got going back to the clone wars when it just 
everything became so jaded and, and they were all just pawns to Palpatine sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting was when they get to the New World or the other galaxy, mm-hmm. they say Sabine reeks of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that if she's so unconfident with the Force and so unattached to the Force, that instantly they reach to the Jedi. But Balin and Shin don't get reeks of the Jedi. And Balin has been very Jedi-oriented. So I found I, the whole thing very fascinating. I think what she was picking up was Balin and Shin. And she thought that it was coming from Sabine. So that's why she restrained Sabine. Because they knew, uh, you know, the um, the mothers knew that Balin and Shin were with Morgan Elspeth. So like process of elimination, they're like, oh, I smell Jedi. You're the only one that's not with them, sort of. Okay, you're the person. Oh, okay. The... See, so... I take it. I take it a different way. So I take it that they were sensing it from Sabine, and while she's not very force apt, it's her. You know, I feel like sometimes there's just something you carry with yourself. This, this, you know, the way that she was acting, even. Why they don't get it off Balin and Jin is because while Balin's been honorable, quote unquote. He's tapping into some dark side. He's teaching Shin. He's made it very clear in this that he didn't really care for the way that the order was, right? Like he liked the idea is is what mm-hmm. he said. I like the idea of it, but like it had to go. We had to get to this stage that we're at now. And I want to kind of shift it to Balin because Me too. He kept his words, no harm would come of her, but as soon as he starts going back on it, right? Uh Thrawn says, you know, you're going to go kill her and Ezra if you find it. And Shin is very, what? <laughs> so you're not going to keep your word? You know, and they're like, well, almost like they pull an Obi-Wan. From a certain point of view, we kept the word now, but we're yeah. going to break the word next. <laughs> you know? Exactly. We'll, we'll keep the word by letting her meet Ezra, and then we're going to kill her. So uh, it was very yeah. Obi-Wan from a certain point of view. But Shin was very not for this, and Balin doesn't seem to have any qualms about it. So I guess, Ron, your thoughts on Balin and his code of honor. What's he after? It was very weird because everything leading up to this episode so far in this show portrayed Balin as um, sort of the more redeemable one and the one who you think there might still be something in there uh, that's good. And, and, uh, Shin was just co- sort of the cold, ruthless, you know, stab Sabine. Like she felt much more Sithy than Balin. And it almost felt like, uh, not like a, not to coin a pro wrestling term here, but like a double turn. It was like, okay, now he's going back on his word. And she's kind of like, wait a minute, dude, like, like taking the, uh, the stance of morality, so to speak. Um, so that was really interesting. And I'm, I don't know how people are going to receive that if that's the route that they end up going. Like uh, the first, you know, half of the season is all making Balin look like the one who's going to be redeemed. And then they kind of pull the rug out and say, oh, no, actually, it's Shin, even though she was kind of the the, the bigger a-hole, so to speak. Um, and I'd also be interested to see how they explain that, because it would feel a little out of nowhere. Um but I love them both. They were both great this episode. Um, 
And I'm also kind of curious, while we're on the topic of Balin, what do you think it is that is supposedly, you know, that he's searching for? Because he mentioned that something on this planet was calling out to him. Do you think that was a literal thing or do you think it was more of a metaphor? Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of theories like them saying, well, he's going to start a new civilization here. This will be his chance to start something from the rise up. But I, I don't know if that's what he's going with here. Maybe there's something with, you know, this is the ancient home of the Night Sisters. Apparently they're force sensitive. Maybe it's something to do with that. Uh, I think we'll find out, though. I think we're going to stop being vague about that very soon. Um, mm-hmm. So right at this point, I think it can be anything. I think he has this way of, I don't care. I don't think he would care if he's left here. I, I That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from that. So if that's Thrawn's goal, he might be like, that's totally fine with me because I can, you know, I'll start something with what's here uh, type of way. Uh the way that he mentioned it was in the archives and stuff like, I felt like this might've been some of his end goal. The whole time is getting to this place. Yeah. I just don't know what he'll do here. It's so it cool. seems like it. Yeah, dude, it, it's so cool. And there's so much potential. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just, no, you're oh, good. yeah, it's, 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 it's very cool. There's, it, it, it's a very rare thing. I think, today in star wars when you can not only surprise the casual audience but also the 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 mega nerds like us and we're really delving into that territory now and it's it's awesome to see yeah i think one of the things that we were talking about with shin seeming a bit more evil or a bit more sithy you have to also remember she's young she's trying to prove herself to her master and what i think we get with her is she doesn't necessarily have the grand scheme that Balin has. She just wants power and she wants she she wants a seat at the table of something. And I think when Balin's comfortable being just left there and like don't you feel the power that's here? She's like, "No. No, I don't feel it. I don't want to get stranded. Don't make me do this, dad." This kind of the the vibe I get from her. I think she's a young young character who's trying to find her way and she's been led by a master she's an apprentice so i don't necessarily think she's more sithy than balen i think she's more hungry and that literally is what gets everyone to the dark side the quickest is uh ambition and anger i think she just hasn't ever thought to ask these type of questions before and now when she sees something she's been trained, she's been trained in a way where it is like, I feel like he's been training her to be honorable. You know, we're, we're better than the Jedi were, but we're not as bad as the Sith were. And mm-hmm. when it comes to it of maybe breaking that promise, she's she's questioning it because she's like, I'm questioning everything you've told me now because why like why was i trained one way it's like when your parents tell you like to not do something and then you see them doing it you're like well why are you doing that but i wasn't allowed to do that you start questioning things and she's you know she starts really probing this is when she starts asking like don't you miss it the order uh you know is there a way to maybe bring maybe a way to bring it and uh we rebuild it it's kind of this way i was 
thinking she's getting or like perfect it almost like maybe that's what she's thinking that they're going for is like bringing it back but in a better way uh to be better than the jedi were uh while balin's very anti-politics it feels like you know he's the one that's like uh he's the one that's like both parties are shit you know it's kind of it's kind of the way that balin is i feel like he's like i'm gonna create my own political party over here is what it kind of seems like <laughs> he's like a libertarian only an actual libertarian not just yeah, people yeah. who say they're libertarians they're actually... he's like anyway. the swanson of the show he's got a stash of yeah. somewhere yeah. yeah now that just makes me want to see ray stevenson play ron swanson i enjoy cutting wood in my free time anyway um with my lightsaber so uh, to Jordan, you pretty much stole the thought out of my head, and it was kind of to go off of uh, Chris's point. I, the fact that she's young and all this stuff is is plays into it, but I don't think it's that she's so like hungry for power. I think that she has spent so much time blindly following this guy and just trusting in him, and that. Uh, his goals and his sort of mission was the rightful one. And when he uh, sort of half-truthed Sabine, but really lied to Sabine, that was the first time that she really kind of saw the mask slip a little bit of his honor. And the fact that like, huh, if this guy is going back on his word and all that stuff, maybe he's not this sort of, you know, deity-esque, like, he doesn't deserve to be on this pedestal as my master that I put him on. And now she's starting to slowly question more and more, go back probably in her head, going back to moments in the past that she's probably overthinking. And ultimately I do think it will lead to her either turning on him or Thrawn will destroy him. And that will be what causes her to join the right side, the light side. And we can't rule this out. I just want to point out, uh this is a trend in some of these shows right when you have a character like agent callus who started out as the big bad of rebels for season one and becomes part of the rebellion so it, it could be that shin like you said does do this turn and ends up you know uh following the a new way uh now she may also be more of like a free agent too like she may Mm -hmm. not still like the jedi uh but she still may not like what her master had done it's kind of like when you find out your role model did something that you're like oh they're human as well right you you looked up to them for so much and then you're like oh they made a mistake and and that's what i feel like she's seeing from this is oh you you led sabine to think of one way and you gave her your word and you brought it up multiple times that you gave her your word. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to take her life. It was like that moment of, uh, you know, almost like don't meet your heroes type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that is where Balin and Shin are. Now you're talking about the, uh, the undead soldiers is what you're thinking here. Um, we've kind of seen that with Merrick. So it could be, mm-hmm a tie in with that. It also could just be that like what I also got from them is maybe cause the way Thrawn says like, we've already lost 
some people before. Um, and he, you know, so he says like, we'll only send two people to accompany like two battalions or whatever, like, you know, two units mm-hmm. to go follow Shin and, and Balaam. And Morgan Elsbeth said, maybe we can send more. And he's like, mm, we've kind of lost, uh, we kind of lost a bit. So they're either undead or like with the red tape and stuff, they're like, their armor is so worn out at this point from the conditions and stuff that they've had to repair this, this stuff. Uh, so I'm curious so cool. to see which way they go with it because um, I would rather them not be undead because I think that will take some of the stakes out if they have to defeat them. It's like, oh, well, they're already dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can take them out you know, easier. And they're just like fodder at that point. But I, would I, I you, also would think... Would you attest that in general, though, stormtroopers are kind of like fodder in Star Wars in general. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, but I mean, these are people not counting, like, not counting like Bad Batch stuff and right, like Rex right. and Fives and all them. But like in a general, like think like original trilogy slash, uh, yeah, yeah, just any of the movies really. They're droids and stormtroopers. They're always kind of fodder, so that wouldn't take me out of it. Let's be yeah. honest. If if stormtroopers could aim, there would be no original trilogy. There'd be one movie. They'd all be dead. Yeah, yeah. But so, in my opinion, with that though, it's like what I mean by more of the stakes is like then our heroes are actually, you know, killing people. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe then you can dive into struggles of that. Like in Rebels, you know it's more kiddish at times, especially in the first few seasons. So like, they're obviously just like stunning them or they're knocking their heads together and mm-hmm. they're not actually killing them. So if they're undead, it just seems like, well, they're, you know, they already died. It's not our fault. But I also like the idea of like these soldiers for 10 years, just like roughing it and having yeah. to still listen to Thrawn and like repair their armor themselves and stuff, I think is a cooler idea than just like the the night sister stuff um and also just they've i mean at this point they've had if they are are in fact human uh they've had uh you know 10 years of propaganda from thrawn of hearing that you know the reason you're all stuck here is because of them uh just you know filling all of their heads with how evil uh you know uh just the new republic well i guess would it be that would he he wouldn't know. It wasn't no, the New Republic know. yet, so he wouldn't know it was the New Republic. He would just um, keep calling them rebels, I guess. Yeah, just the rebels. Yeah, I guess. But uh, you would have to imagine if they are like sentient, conscious beings, uh, they they're, they're probably pretty pissed off at the moment and looking to unleash that on somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so then we have. Uh, we, we have Ezra introduced with, uh, Sabine and all of that good stuff. We have Sabine go through a lot here. Um, I loved her little werewolf, uh, horse thing. It was so cute. I was going to riot if it ended up dying, especially when she yells at him to leave. And then he comes right back. Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Yeah. So, So in my head, that's a mule dog. Mule because dog. it's kind of right. like a mule and it's kind of like a dog. So in my head, it's a mule dog. Right? And you could like, you can kind of like make it sound like it's not meaning those things like a mula dog. 
I think I saw people calling it something. I just can't find what it is right now. It like, was, why, like, why don't they just tell us what it is? I mean, we know what pergils are because they use the word. Like, just come right, up with right. a thing. Tell us what it is. It's very wolf-like, which is on the nose for Dave Filoni. He loves he loves wolves. <laughs> yeah, oh, he loves wolves. Even what is uh, I? Oh God, I heard this today. What is it? Skull and Hobby are both wolf. Yeah, and um, oh, okay. Theory time. Another one because uh, we mentioned this before last week's episode when we were covering episode four. Uh, I guess what is Balin? It's like the wolf that chases the sun. I believe that that's what it is. So what if what this thing that's calling out to Balin, um, uh, what if that is the sun? You know, we, we talked about the Mortis gods and all that stuff. What if this, this sort of thing he's been hearing and like, maybe it's the sun. Yeah. I think there were some people spreading rumors or something that maybe yeah. like, the Mortis stuff and the Night Sisters and all of that are originating from this galaxy and from and from yeah. this planet, mm-hmm. which would be interesting. Um, it's just like this, really... is, this is the spooky Star Wars planet. Every spooky thing in Star Wars. Comes oh, yeah, because we had planet. like Pergil bones in the graveyard out, yeah. out in front of it, and it said that's where they go to die. Yeah, so that's like it would support that notion that it's just like the planet of death and all things spooky. It is spooky season, guys. Yeah. That too, that too, man. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would think. I think we got our world between worlds. I don't know if we get Mortis stuff because I think that's a little too much. At that time, you know, like mm. let's also think of it this way: we have two episodes. If you yeah. have to introduce that it is the son of a Mortis, of, of Mortis of of the Force a personification of the force of the dark side of the force of the dark side <laughs> of the force calling Balin. It's too much to set up in two episodes, mm-hmm. but um, if they were to go that route, I do not think it would be paid off in this season. I think it would be something, it would be like a cliffhanger at the end. Like they're like Shin and Balin are either a stranded on this planet or, uh, you know, they have their moments with, uh, uh, Sabine and Ezra and you know Ahsoka's on her way there and they'll come to some kind of like agreement or something and they will stay there because Balin wants to keep searching for whatever this thing is and at the end he would probably come across some kind of cliffhangery moment that would imply it was the sun um, but wouldn't either it wouldn't be paid off until although now and I just totally realize this yeah i hope they didn't i hope they didn't go that route because ray stevenson won't be here uh yeah i said so if they did go that route i hope they cut it uh so that way we don't have to deal with setup for something we're never going to get with with that's just not going to be paid off yeah no i don't want balin recast or anything you know it's just no he's been a revelation in the role it's so like it's a you know a good final role but it's also like really makes me think if he doesn't die in this like what we what we're gonna miss and what he could have been because he's been so much more interesting than any of the villains we've had in any of the tv shows uh-huh. uh he's been the most fleshed out villain i think we've got is him and shin right we actually mm-hmm. get scenes of just them we don't really get that like moff and gideon shades of gray too. yeah moff gideon's fun but it's it's john carlo hamming it up right like it's not 
we get like maybe one or two scenes of Giancarlo by himself. Every other mm-hmm. time it's like he's, you know, talking to one of our favorite characters. Yeah. In this, we get tons of alone time with Balin and Shin in these six episodes so far. And they've just been so much deeper than I thought they were ever going to be from the trailers. Uh, it, and, and they're portraying them so well that like, I hope, we get a wrap up of Balin, but I hope Shin is able to stick around because I'm really digging her character, especially now that she's starting to question stuff. I think that can be a lot of fun if we have a season two or if we, you know, if she shows up in the movie or Mando four, you know, like there's so many opportunities. This is what blows my mind with star Wars. It's one story. So it's all like their timelines already set. And then, we're making decisions with all the stuff and we're adding new stuff to everything. It's, it's such an interesting way of storytelling that I don't think you get in any other franchise, but I'm really interested in, I'm, I, Balin's, I'm very captivated in him, and nothing's, nothing's worse than thinking what we could have gotten. Yeah. And I, this actor is phenomenal in this role. And I just, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I do want to see Shin not get stuck with his storyline if it doesn't go anywhere. I want Shin to be a character that goes on because and I that think could be a way so they wrap it do. up. That that could be a way they wrap it up if they had another idea, like Shin comes back and just says, you know, like Balin died in this thing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like she can explain what happened and why she separated with him. Whatever. Like if they if they didn't have it planned out originally, you know, th- there's ways to get around it without recasting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So and I do think there that there are 1000 percent big plans uh, were, I would say, for both of them. But at the very least now for her, they wouldn't spend this much time in an Ahsoka show fleshing out these characters and giving them, to your point, so many alone scenes that don't even involve the characters that are the focus of the show uh j- just to end it after that so yeah. i think i think i think shin will be around for a while um and, and will probably ultimately end up turning to the good side um and and i i think yeah so if you uh if you were worried about this being it for her i wouldn't be worried just yet i'm gonna start shipping it i'm shipping shin and ezra how about that shinra oh god shinra yeah Asian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So one thing you said, Chris, that I, I wanted to kind of bring up too, for, for all the people that were always worried that like, we're going to start getting multiverse stuff in this universe. I just want to kind of like Pocket my time to shine. Hello, you liar. You Sorry. don't need to with star Wars. Right. Because when they say like, you know, cause people will be like, well, it's a way to bring a character back. Right. Like like for all the people that want Hugh Jackman back. Oh, multiverse. Toby Maguire, multiverse in Star Wars. While we have one timeline, we are constantly experiencing different uh, projects in different timelines all the time. Bad Batch mm-hmm. is currently between episodes three and four. Uh, they went back and retroactively at it. uh uh, Min Na Wen's character, uh, which I'm I'm blanking on her name right now, um, from Mandalorian. Uh, she was the actress. I don't know the actress. 
Ming Na Wen is the actress. Yeah, I don't know her character name in. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like the 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 actress name for some reason isn't isn't. Uh, I can't put a face to it. Oh, she's the one from like Agents of Shield and stuff. Uh, if you've watched any of that, uh, she voiced Mulan as well. Uh, what is her name? Why am I blanking on this? Oh, Fennec Shand. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So they went, they went back and you know added her in Bad Batch after she premiered Amando, and now it's like this character has long, long lore history, right? But she's a mm-hmm. new character, and you're able to do that stuff, and you can revisit Darth Vader without doing a multiverse because you do a story like Obi Wan where he's still alive, or mm-hmm. you do a story like this where she's carrying the legacy of Darth Vader and stuff. So you don't need to do like multiverse stuff, you know? So anybody worried about that was just, and also another galaxy does not equal, you know, a multiverse. It's it's a different thing. Galaxies are all in this one universe. Dude, for as many missteps as Disney has admittedly made with Star Wars, and they'd be the first ones to tell you, they, they know they can't, they cannot. They simply cannot. It would it would throw such a monkey wrench into everything unnecessarily. It would be solely done for the the purpose of fan service while breaking everything that we've ever known for the for, like from the lore and not in a good way like they kind of have with some things in this series. It would be a nah. It would be a catastrophe. I just I just uh, stopped myself from unleashing a uh, f bomb. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, well, you know, and, and that's. And that's the thing. They can give us that fan service stuff like we see in this show without doing that, right? Like, do it logically. Just, yeah, just do it logically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anybody worried about that, I would say don't don't worry about it at, at this point for sure. Um, what I'm digging about this is the storytelling, though. Project. I'm digging the storytelling, though, so I'm not really yeah, worried yeah. about anything. This show has really calmed me down because I started this going, am I going to be lost? Am I going to be interested? Am I going to be invested? Guys, have I not been invested this whole time? The right, show gives right. you enough. It's doing a lot of good stuff with storytelling. It's just making me care. It's showing me. It's not necessarily telling me. So I'm getting things. You keep, you'll keep. you say, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you didn't watch this. Yeah, because it's giving me a reason to care. Um, and that's awesome. Like, the only thing I would say is, like, you haven't seen Ezra in, like, forever – and I don't really know their character dynamic, but she's like desperate to find him. And it's kind of like an anticlimactic, like very casual, like, hi. Like, I, that's very much them. Yeah, that's just, yeah, is, that's yep. just very much them for sure. Yeah, they're fair. not, they're not the, the run up embrace and the, you know, twirled each other around in the hug. They like, are like, a lot of people have kind of coded them as, you know, relationship right uh but ezra's message at the beginning of this says that she's like a sister to him yeah. um, i don't know if that's him trying to get ahead of being friend zoned or something wouldn't, but... be the, wouldn't be the first time star wars did some yeah, weird yeah. True. <laughs> True. um but yeah them not like running up and hugging that is that is them anytime they've they've been super chill lay back sibling-esque uh ribbing each other type of thing so you know him being like took you long enough was like yeah. was like perfect uh yeah. perfect ezra um yeah so i guess let's let's kind of move on from this episode and just kind of start thinking about what we think is going to happen in the next two because we've got 
maybe a lot. Uh, we're expecting Ahsoka to maybe right make her appearance next episode. They kind of hint with that. You would kind of think by the way it happens anyway, that would be what would happen. But also with them saying, you know, we have what, like the Night Sisters were feeling another presence uh, arriving mm-hmm. or something. And that's when it's funny that it sounds like a Balin thought for sure he killed her, right? And mm-hmm. that's what he reported to Morgan Elsbeth. And she's like uh he's dead she's dead and uh Tharn's like hmm, guess not <laughs> are you sure about that <laughs> John so, Cena meme. so is it possible that ahsoka's gonna come screw up the uh thrawn's plan and they're all going to be stuck there is that a possibility oh uh it's a possibility i don't think it is going to be what happens. I think this, I think this is going to end uh, very much with an empire strikes back kind of feel. Uh, So as we know, uh, Thrawn sent two of his battalions out to follow Shin and Balin. I think next episode will be heavy Shin, Balin, um, Ahsoka and Sabine kind of stuff. Probably a lot of dialogue kind of really just culminating that, story and it'll also be where we see what happens with this uh turn or no turn thing uh whether we see both of them turn to the light side whether we see just shin whether we see just balin who knows at this point but i think we get that in this next episode and it'll sort of culminate with ahsoka and sabine and whichever one two or both of them sort of fighting these battalions that are coming for them um and I do think sort of in the fracas and in the fighting and all that stuff, this is going to end with uh, them stranded on this planet and Thrawn and Morgan Elsbeth getting away uh, with the army. Um, I don't know if they come back for a season two of this and show how they get back. I don't know if they just do like Disney's big on the special presentations now. So maybe it'll just be sort of like a mini movie kind of thing. But they're going to have to do more between now and the Heir to the Empire movie, which is, what is that, at this point? At this point, I think it's 2027, and that was pre-2026. Supposedly, supposedly, it's w- one of the two uh, movies in the yeah, 2026 yeah. time frame. Well, <laughs> yeah, with the yeah, writer's yeah, strike yeah. still going on, let's just say 2027. I will say, though... That Let's wasn't be- happening even pre-strike. They weren't doing two movies. That that was that was vintage Disney Star Wars right there. We're gonna put out three movies in two years. It's like, guys, make one that's great. Right. Like, right. Let's go from there. The um, the CEOs are getting involved in the strike now, so I am expecting the WGA strike to end first, I would think. And then mm-hmm. uh and then we'll have to worry about the the actor strike. But yeah. Um Hopefully by the end of this month or early next month, we can start putting this behind us. Um, I think both teams are going to end up back in the regular galaxy. I'm just trying to figure out how that's going to happen. They'd have to find another ship or something, unless they're all held as prisoners by Thrawn, maybe. Well, I assume actually maybe Ahsoka's Pergil could carry them back, right? Uh, and the Chimera, right, which is the ship that Thrawn has, I assume is going to lock into the the, the, the space ring and get taken back, 
is how I assume that's going to happen. Cause we still have to see Thrawn in the hyperspace ring. That's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume maybe that is what true. Ha- I didn't even think of that. That is I assume true. maybe yeah. they leave first and then the others have to chase them back. And then we kind of get some wrap up with Hera's trial uh, and mm-hmm. the new Republic finally figuring out Thrawn has returned. Mm-hmm. You know, Hera's going to stand it, up there and say, somehow Thrawn has returned. <laughs> Dude, you know what would be really sick? If in the last episode it is Hera's trial and Thrawn comes back and just wrecks shit, just like oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. bombs it. And just like, that's like the, okay, now you guys can see Thrawn is back moment. Like, I could totally see that. And be like, uh, so am I still a general? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I still have a job? Like, (laughs) they're all on the ground just like... (laughs) Because I feel like we have to get wrap-up with Hera and Jason this season, too. And I would assume that's in the last episode. Because this next one's going to be a huge episode in this galaxy. Do we, though? Because if they're planning on a season two of this, I could definitely, or I would even probably bet that they save most of the the Jason stuff for season two. You know, maybe like a little older sort of thing, uh, like the actor himself, I mean, or they could just recast like they always do. But um, yeah, I don't see them paying off uh, Jason stuff this season at all. Well, maybe not like, I meant more like with the Hera trial and, and Jason's, oh. you know, there with her uh, okay. you know, uh, in the ship. Uh, we yeah. we got to kind of see that and like maybe Carson Tava again. Do we see Zeb at all? I'm thinking not now. I, I'm, Probably not. Maybe actually maybe if they all come back uh zeb is there to have like this small rebels reunion where they all are there except canaan we have to get that at some time like recreate the painting with with the with the surviving members please that would be great we are absolutely and they can all have they can all have t-shirts um of like the 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 sky with the angel wings and it's got Kane and space on it. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say like the T-shirts like Ahsoka lives, but it's like Zeb lives or something. Oh no, no! <laughs> like when you see somebody pass away and it's the white T-shirt and then it's got like the sky with the angel wings. <laughs> yeah, Kane and Freddie Prince yeah. Jr.'s face right there. Yeah. <laughs> so does Jason's force sensitivity help Paris trial a little bit? Can she? Can Jason's insights? And because they know of her, his father, can that help Hera's trial in any way? Like it depends on what they can include as evidence, right? Because, like, in my mind, Hera even being aware of this, and Carson Teva being there and seeing the map is broken and that people were there, should be enough evidence to say it something should. is going on. But. Mm-hmm. And if that's not enough evidence, I don't think they'd be like, well, this 10-year-old said he could hear lightsabers in the water, and uh, that means uh, Thrawn's coming back. Like, I mean, you I got Hu Yang, who's programmed to tell the truth, right? Like, So I could, uh, if they do something with uh, with Jason's Force stuff, what I think it'll be, it, it'll be kind of similar to what I was saying before about, like, they come and they bomb Hera's trial. Like maybe he kind of like senses that coming and he's like trying to get the, you know, like trying to get people's attention and like nobody's listening to him because we're in the middle of this crazy trial, sort of like a, like a metaphorical equivalent to the kid in Jurassic Park when he's looking at the uh, the glass of water on the table and it's just too. Yeah, yeah. But like kind of like a similar thing. It's like he just has this like feeling in his head of 
what the hell is this? And it's like the chimera approaching sort of thing. Again, just another thing to nod at the fact that he's force sensitive without like really having to dive into something that people will be upset that they didn't have enough time to pay off before the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, we may not even see the trial, obviously. It may just be when they come back. We should. Hera might just be like, so I got stripped of my general <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I'm still down to fight if you guys are, right? Like, uh, I'm assuming she'll kind of go back to being, quote unquote, a, a rebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, Dude. okay, kind of loses her official capacity. All right, going, uh, going another harebrained theory time here, kind of uh, stealing from Game of Thrones. Maybe they do a thing like they did with, uh, with Cersei. Um, only so, do we have Game of Thrones fans in this show? You, t- you too. Yes. 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 No? yes I watched it all. Okay. So while Hera wouldn't herself bomb the trial. Maybe Hera doesn't show up because she's like, this is a sham. I shouldn't have to do this. And the place gets bombed anyway. And that's like kind of what essentially like makes her um, like have to reunite with all the rebels and stuff again. Because like watching from like King's Landing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. "Mm." (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. Who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of possibilities out there. There is. Uh, so I think it's funny, though, we, we do have a lot, but it seems like we don't, right? Like, I feel like they can adequately wrap this up in two episodes and leave a little thread for a possible season two or whatever is to come with the movie. But I do think Thrawn has to get to the new galaxy, the, the our old galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think that has to happen. Agree. Um, And they can't beat him in this galaxy and like... No. This is the storyline, right? This is what they've been building to in Mando. This is what they've been building to. This is what's going to happen. He is going to have to get back there. So Thrawn has to be big and bad. Thrawn has to be intimidating. They cannot Quantumania this. They cannot Kang in Quantumania this. If they do, people, like, it just, nobody will take him seriously. Yeah, I have faith in Dave Filoni. I think he'll he'll pull mm-hmm. it out here. Um, also, I want to. So, is this a reference here at the beginning when Huyang says the the <laughs> that there's three three stories of the you know like in his archives or whatever? It's like History of the Galaxy Part One, Part Two, Part Three, with mm-hmm. Ahsoka saying Part One is the best. Is that a shout out to the original trilogy? Uh, a shout out to the prequel trilogy. What is is it? Just a I shout think prequel. Out to... Yeah, I think prequel because it, it it would uh, the way Hu Yang had it would be chronological. Chronological, though. yeah. Yeah, so it probably like Clone Wars stuff like that. Yeah, I just didn't know if this was like a uh, well, the original is better type thing uh, that they were just throwing in there, or you know, because three there's three trilogies, there's three stories that Hu Yang has, obviously. They're not actually the stories of the trilogy. It's just the history of the galaxy. But just just like it seemed like a fun nod to the fact that they've had like, you know, three trilogies and stuff. Exactly. All right. Any, anything else that we forgot? No, no. I think we uh, pretty much uh, covered everything. Uh, the only other thing that I would probably throw in just to add on to the uh, the discussion about the undead army before. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Thrawn's kind of number one man in command who I think I saw some people say 
uh, on the subtitles, his name was Enoch. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome armor. Very kind of uh, 300 kind of vibes that you get from it. Just so cool, so creepy. Um, and I just I felt remiss to not mention that once throughout the, the show because it was badass, man. Yeah, and I just want to shout out, I really like Hugh Yang saying a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far mm-hmm. away as they set up this, uh, this but episode. But they said in a galaxy far, far away in Star Wars. Yes, it was amazing. Well, yeah. Oh, well, have they? Yes. Oh, okay. It's, you know, if, yeah. if the history of the stuff is coming from this separate galaxy, then yeah, that still fits with the theme okay. of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if his original story is... They talked about the, in the Jedi archives how this place, you know, if it is true that the Night Sisters and stuff started there, they have the Force. That there mm-hmm. could be actual history from this other galaxy that then they traverse to this galaxy. So he could be saying about the other galaxy. But mm-hmm. if you're ever going to pull that off in a real Star Wars project, this was the time to do it. Having it wasn't, telling a story. It wasn't tongue in cheek. It wasn't cheesy. You yes, would think. Yeah. Like if you told me. Like if I opened X or Twitter or whatever and saw that that was mentioned, I'd be like, "Oh God!" But then in the context of the show, it actually quite works. It just kind of made you smile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wanted to see the yellow uh, crawl. <laughs> I was like, "I'm just imagining like now, like as soon as he Yang said that, like he started blaring the music from his speakers." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then he's like reading the crawl. She's yeah, like, okay. yeah. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine is retained. Oh, sorry. This is in the. <laughs> All right, Peter. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, so Enoch, yeah, he's got the gold, the gold face on his uh, trooper. Also, um, we get. Uh, we also get a quick reference I wanted to point out here too with um, Thrawn recognizing Balin's skull and saying, oh, General Balin's General skull. skull. Because all the Jedi yeah. were, were generals and stuff. So it was uh, just a fun little nod to that. Uh, apparently in the books, he's had run-ins with Anakin and Ahsoka mm-hmm. when he was a Republic officer. Um, he didn't seem to really... I mean, I don't know if they had any interactions in rebels i can't remember but uh you know he was like we need to get her full history like master and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. he'll have a dossier on her i guess but i'm sure i'm sure he's heard the name of Sokotano before too it didn't seem like a new name to him mm-hmm. yeah definitely just reputation precedes her sort of thing and it's also like 10 years of being stranded on here like if he forgot something like that's totally fine mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, ten years something of not having mind, yeah, not having the hollow net to Google something. <laughs> One thing I very much liked in this episode was Sabine kicking butt with the lightsaber. Always, oh, yeah, because she's that she was that was really good. Guns, right? And then yeah. like yeah. she has to like pocket them and be like, never mind, I'm going back yep. with the lightsaber again. And, and yep. she kicked butt with the lightsaber, so I was like, okay, yeah. she can do that. Yeah, we're already seeing her progress and get better and better. I mean, the first the first fight with uh, Shin was a mess. Second one was a lot better. And last night when we see her, she's you know re- wrecking shop, so to speak. 
it's all with use and practice too. Like the first time with Shin, like she had not touched that thing in years, I'm guessing. And then, you know, uh, now she's starting to train again. Plus, you know, kind of relying on her instincts as a Mandalorian who did mm-hmm. have the dark saber and did have, you know, other physical weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this. Week. Yeah. I think we tied yeah. a pretty good bow on it. And, uh, Buckle up because these next two are going to be uh, something. Buckle yeah. up, Buttercup. They're gonna. <laughs> it's gonna fly by. I'm sure. Uh, as is. we're leaving, I'm just gonna pop this up for you, Ron. Just there's your Maul DeLorean. The closest oh, you're getting to yeah, Maul in this show. Uh, <laughs> my next, my next hope that I'm holding out hope for is the. Uh, 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 um, wow, uh, the Lando movie. So we might get him in. Yes. That. Yeah, because it's, it's a movie a now. Continuation not of a, so- yeah, not a TV It'll, show. And it's going to be a continuation of Solo. So, like, they already, you know, they the, they did all the Crimson Dawn stuff at the end of that. So, you, you would make sense that maybe they kind of pick up where that left off. Yeah, you would. You would think they'd want live action mold. You would think they would like like it's got to be a muddy printing machine for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's just he's too big of a character to to not bring back in live action at some point. So. I know we'll get him. I guess I just got to kind of remain patient until then. But fingers crossed. You just have to wait. Ball don't yeah. come easy. Yeah, let's not get copyright strike. Okay, so let's uh, – <laughs> we'll wrap it up here. You can contact us at Pod Awakens on all the socials. Give us your feedback. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. Um Drop any comments or, you know, reach out to us however you want in the YouTube video below uh, and we'll catch you next week when we talk part seven of ahsoka <laughs>